I've probably made some mistakes. There's probably some things I've no. done that are really stupid. No, and, seriously. Uh, oh no, no, absolutely. You gotta. <laughs> here's the deal, guys. You gotta. You gotta get in touch with your shadow side, or or you're, or, it's or true. you're gonna just deceive yourself, right? It's true. And uh, I'm getting really in touch with realizing. Oh man, I have a lot of mixed motivations. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio, and Drew Brown, Juno-nominated singer-songwriter and worship leader. Both hope to share insights into Christian music, exploring ministry, message, and everything in between. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash betweenthegrooves or via Twitter at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Drew. Well, here we are, Drew. Here we are, man. Yeah, it's March. It is March. Yeah, I'm. I'm really hoping this March is better than last March. Exactly. Because that's when this whole thing thought. started. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I'm yeah. optimistic. I, I, when I think back onto those early days, I remember um, a lot of the the news reports and and you know, government you know sort of news spots were saying, hey. For two weeks, lock things down for two weeks. Yeah. A year later, here we are. Right. It, it, it is what it is. Like, yeah, yeah it's a pandemic. It's yeah. The, the, I get it. The frustration. It's funny to look back. Yeah, the frustration, of course, is the unknown. And right. so, I think we've all been through so much uh, over the last year, and um, I think that uh, how do how do you say it, it? It can't get worse. I mean, it could get worse, but at least we know what we can expect as far as the worst. You know what I'm saying? Could be a zombie apocalypse, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that could be worse. Yeah. So, <laughs> but hey, this is the uh, the shining light between the grooves. This is uh, an upbeat, optimistic nice. podcast for you to listen to. It, it is. We have lots of fun. We horse around a little bit. We have great guests, yes. you know. That's right. It, it's your weekly look at music, ministry, and everything in between with today's top Christian artists. And today's episode, episode number 187, wow. and our guest this week, Mike Donahue. Oh, so good. He's great. He is great writer, great, you know, singer. I'm so glad to have him on the show today. Yeah, great conversation to share with you uh, briefly. You know, uh, he was the front man of uh, 10th Avenue North. Yeah, that's right. And so uh, we'll talk a little bit about that and we'll get into some other stuff. Um, we'll chat about some, uh, you know, character issues, which is something in the conversation I wasn't expecting. Um, but it's it's fascinating. So you really want to listen to this entire conversation uh, with Mike Donahue, and that's coming up in just a bit. But before we get to it, we need to check in with the Community Cork Board. Community Cork Board! Come on! Community Cork Board! Let's go! Something like that. <laughs> Something, Something like, like that. that. You're yeah, pretty yeah, yeah, psyched yeah. today, let me tell you. It's the coffee, baby. It's, it's the, the coffee. coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Is it the coffee or is it the sugar in the coffee? You know what? No sugar. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, for yeah, me, yeah, for yeah. me, I I like my coffee, but I like my sugar in my coffee too. I, I used to do, I used to do black one sugar. Now I'm just straight black. Okay, well, I I know that, but <laughs> <laughs> I lost I lost my sweetness. I'm not Sorry. sweet anymore. <laughs> well, anything going on on the uh, community cork board? I guess uh, I I should share. I got an email from Alicia Ike. She was our guest, I guess, last year on Between the Grooves. And she mentioned to me that she's in the final stages of her album. So more music coming this spring. So that's something to look forward to. Oh, that's great. That's something great. something not to look forward to is the fact that the in-person portion of the Juno Awards has been canceled. Toronto has canceled mm. uh, all events happening right up till July 1st. And of course, the Juno Awards scheduled in May. It will still be broadcast. So uh, there will still be a Juno Awards. It just won't be something you can attend right. with concerts and everything else. Like that. It's still happening Sunday, May the 16th, and the nominees being revealed next week, Tuesday, March the 9th. So that's something to look wait. forward to. I'll be watching for sure. Yeah. And some uh, recent releases, maybe not new, but definitely re uh, recent in the last couple of weeks. Uh, a former uh, um, guest on this show, uh, Josh McIntosh. Your buddy. New band. Yeah. My buddy, my bro. Yeah. My bro. 
His new band, uh, My My Sugar, just released their new single, Kids of Civil War. just came out a couple weeks ago, and it's good. It's great. They got a little kids choir in there. I don't know how they did that with COVID and all, but it, it's amazing. And they're doing something really unique where they are actually recording these songs live. So it's not the usual way how records are made. They're kind of just all being in a room, and they're just giving her. And so that's really, really cool. And they're doing the – it's all COVID safe, and everybody's, yeah. you know – doing the right stuff i saw a but post on instagram cool. with him playing guitar like he's an awesome guitar player oh, yeah, him sure. on electric guitar amazing oh my gosh so yeah, i saw yeah. a post of him and it was uh i don't know it was some post that he did on instagram saying something to the effect of here's here's my guitar part in stereo or something like that and it was him playing it twice like you know two shots of him playing this thing and man he was just killing it it sounded oh, yeah. really really good yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're a good bunch of guys, amazing musicians, and the music that they're doing together is pretty great. Check it out, my my sugar. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was community corkboard. Community corkboard. Community corkboard. Let's go. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everybody. I deeply apologize for my actions. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. No, I don't. No, you don't. It actually sounds really good. It sounds good. Like people are listening, thinking, man, this guy is pumped about this week's episode, which is great. <laughs> that's not what they're thinking, but let's go with that. <laughs> this guy's a psycho. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's more like it. <laughs> Anyways, it's time for us to get to our uh, chat with Mike Donahue from 10th Avenue North. And I, I really shouldn't say he's from 10th Avenue North because 10th Avenue North disbanded uh, last year right. Right. Uh, and it was all you know a good thing and we'll hear more about that so there was no negative uh, things there but he's now gone solo and so we'll hear you know what life has been like for him in in uh, you know starting out a solo career and uh, you know the ups and downs I suppose and kind of reinventing yourself and we'll get into some other deeper stuff in this conversation as well so let's get to it right now we're going between the grooves with Mike Donahue Gain it up I'm uh, Is that I, an expression? Uh, Gain it up? Gain it up dog Right. Yeah, and and what I really like about this technology is it sounds like we're in the same room. It I, it I does feel like I'm in the room with you. Yeah. Um, yeah what Drew does. and I do is uh, we we get each other on uh, on FaceTime at the same time, so I can actually look at Drew's pretty face while we're chatting here. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, which kind of helps. And it is a pretty face. Look, in case you're wondering, it's a very pretty face. Me or you? Me, obviously me. Duh. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Um, Mike, we. <laughs> We, we tend to horse around, Mike. I hope you don't mind. No, I, I prefer the horsing. Okay, good. There we go. That's what yeah. this is all about. So what we were thinking of chatting about, um, I know you're you know venturing into this whole solo thing. Um, we actually tried to uh, get with you last summer when the whole news broke. <laughs> Try to get with you. Yeah, get with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were, we were trying to connect with you back in the summer, I guess, when they announced that 10th Avenue North was breaking up. We did. We didn't and, really break up. It wasn't like a, a boyfriend passing a girlfriend a note or something. It, right. It was actually an amicable separation. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing okay. there's nothing wrong with that. And and that's one of the reasons why we wound up wanted to have that conversation. I guess at what point is it time to stop and break up? Well, I, I would say, you know, obviously that's different for everybody. Um Sure. For our band from the outside looking in, I think people don't understand the metrics of uh, how lucrative a music career can or can't be. And they mm. assume, oh, if I hear them on the radio, they're making as much money as Harry Styles. And uh, we were always successful enough to keep going, but never successful enough to take a break. And so right. after... 15 years of just, I mean, doing tour after tour after tour after tour. You know, we never even took one season off. I mean, we the longest we took off in 15 years was four weeks. And so just at one point, my wife just said, a couple of years ago, I wrote the song Control based on my wife coming to me and saying, you got to cut the number of shows you're doing in half. And so we did that. And then basically... At the beginning of last year, my wife said, hey, it's still not enough. 
I need you to be home more. And so I came to the band and I said, Hey, this fall, I don't know how we're all going to make money, but I just got to take the fall off. And it was kind of awesome because it was like everyone else was waiting for me to say that. And, and Uh. my guitarist goes, actually, we want to move to Florida and I'm just going to produce stuff. And my bass player goes, actually, I'm quitting at the end of the spring tour to go full-time into real estate. And it was kind of like everyone was just ready to move on. And um, I could have done what some people do, which I could have kept making music as 10th Avenue North and just hired a bunch of new guys to be in the band. Uh, But I didn't feel like that was the honoring thing to do. Yeah, the only w- yeah. other way you could do that, Mike, is with, you know, you, you have, you subcontract out when you need them, right? You could you could stay 10th Avenue North and then as you get gigs and as you get on tours or whatever, if it's big enough to justify a full band, you bring in the full band. If not, you just do more acoustic sets. Right, totally. And a lot of people in business, they said, you, you should do, you should just keep calling yourself 10th Avenue North because you've built this brand over right. how many years? Uh, but for me, you know, and maybe this is just the artist side of me. Um, I just said, man, I want to be all me wherever I am. And so if it's not a band anymore, it feels almost deceptive for me to go, yeah, yeah, we're a band. We're a band when we need to be. And since everyone else was moving on and chasing other things, I said, maybe I should just start over as me. And that feels a lot more genuine i don't know but the the negative element all of that is now you have to reinvent yourself well it's a negative and a positive right because when you're a band you sort of as much as you try to experiment sonically and kind of recreate your sound people expect as you put out more music they begin to expect a certain sort of sound so for me it was actually more of an invitation to, oh, now I can sound like anything I want. That's fun. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, and it's definitely not, uh, you know, I don't have any followers on Spotify basically. And it's, you know, it's a whole new start over. Um, But for me, having done 10th Avenue North for the last 20 years, um, it feels like a really invigorating uh, reset button. Like, it's weird once the band ended, you know, and COVID canceled two thirds of our tour. So we didn't even get to do our farewell tour really. Um, I actually wrote more songs in the past year than I've ever written in a year. And I, I think part of it is that I didn't feel like it had to fit into a certain thing. It was sort of this wide open, you can write whatever you want. It can sound like whatever you want. And it just freed me up. And, I've just been writing and writing and writing and writing. So I did this Kickstarter to start out the solo career and people funded it in a day. It's like a month long Kickstarter and they fund it fully funded in a day. And so then I said, if we, if you guys keep giving, I'm going to just record more music because I've written all these songs. So now I'm going to put out these two EPs that are, they sound totally different and they're going to sound totally different than the full length record I'm going to do in the fall. And what's cool is I can do that because now everyone's going, well, I know what 10th Avenue North sounded like. What's Mike Donahue going to sound like? Right. Right. Yeah. Whereas if I kept going as 10th Ave, it's like, I don't like this. This isn't 10th Ave, you know? And, And the nice thing too is given the fact, you know, 10th Avenue North was hugely successful. Um, you've got all the contacts, You've got all the people in the industry yeah. who know who you are. So whether it's, uh, you know, hooking up with, you know, a bass player, you know, for, for a recorded song or any other instrument for that matter, or the marketing side, you know, um, or, or the production side or, you know, getting the songs out to radio. I mean, you've got all the contacts. You've got all the people you know for that already. And I mean, yeah. like, even, even, even beyond that, you have the fans. Like, yeah. there's going to be so much carryover. But like, even though you started from scratch, you're not really starting from scratch. Exactly. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. E- yeah. Exactly. And and that is tough though, you know, because you would you would be amazed, you guys, at how many concerts I've done over the years, where I talk to people afterward and they go, 
man, I, uh, I just came to this concert with a friend. I had no idea who 10th Avenue North was. And then you guys started playing your songs and I went, Oh, I know this song and I know this song and I know this song and I had no idea I knew who you were. Um, so (laughs) it, it, it's really tough to get people to remember a band name I've found. They just, they love wow. the song and then they go, who sings that song? I don't know. 10th, South, East, West, North. You know, yeah. uh, I think 10th Avenue North was a lot for people to remember. Huh. I, I, I blame, I blame the DJs for that. That's a DJ issue. Well, yeah, sure. that is, I just, I'm like, those guys at Joy Radio, <laughs> they would just get their act together. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, oh, guys. Man. Thanks. Anyways, I got to go, but uh, nice chatting. Uh, yeah. Bye bye. Okay. okay. <laughs> you hoser. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. Right. There. There's the that's Canadian right. element in there. There you go. That's right. <laughs> 10th Avenue North, uh, hugely successful, and and can I say, very well known, despite what you're saying. Um, Great. Oh, yeah. The, the, <laughs> Great. the last sure. song that I know of that you guys released as a band was no shame it featured it we did have a feature it was a girl from the band the young escape the young escape love that song uh what's Yo, her name can, uh, mckenna johns she can sing yes. yeah oh my gosh she's what. so good mckenna i gotta say we kind of discovered them a bit we played this little festival out in california and they they were playing in the middle of the day and their band name was something atrocious it was like anthropomorphous or something just something <laughs> some kind of latin word that's hard to say and uh and we watched them we went man they got such great spunk and and helped set up some rights in nashville for them and uh i didn't realize how good of a singer mckenna was until we got in the studio and we were going could you try something like this and she goes oh yeah you know and then can you try something like this boom 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 and yeah, she can she can wail that girl. We've had her on the podcast as well, and she's she's got a great story, and uh, she's just uh, great at everything she does because she does a lot of behind, yeah, you know, like a lot of the behind the scenes, whether it be the wardrobe for the band. I mean, it's a family band, right? But uh, yeah. the the wardrobe side of things, the uh, social media stuff, uh, she does a great job of of kind of coordinating all that stuff. It's too bad that they haven't been able to perform as much, obviously, because of the COVID. But, Bro, you know, like that's, that's been you. for everybody, right? It is. And just to give you a little like nitty gritty, give you the nitty gritty at the background of the music <laughs> industry. So, yeah, for instance, do. like if, if I say, man, 10th Ave was so successful, but not successful enough for us to take a break. A lot of people go, that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, if you're getting played on the radio, making surely you're making all this money, but the way it works is when we signed our contract, it's it's awesome. The record label gives you a bunch of money to record and they give you a bunch and they help get your song on the radio. But then the money that comes from the actual recording, it goes mostly to the label because they paid That's right. to make it recorded. So when you take away touring, there isn't a lot of money left over in that setup which is why I'm doing a diff- a totally different kind of record deal as a solo artist where I pay for the recording and then the label just pays marketing and then we both recoup kind of at the same rate. So I'm making kind of the same amount as the record label so that let's say I can't tour, well then there's still money coming in so that I can actually take time off that's a wise way of looking at it what, what about the yeah. merch side of things are you taking all of the merch or is that that split as well uh you know in a lot of deals the label will demand a percentage of the merch um but not in the deal that i'll be in right good Very that's nice. solid yeah. man that's that, that is solid but that's you know part of it is the learning curve uh that you've had over the number of years knowing how the math works and all this and you know yeah, making sure. it work for you now yeah, it's really weird because, you know, in terrestrial radio, I, we're getting way into, I don't know if this fits what you guys are wanting to talk about, but it does, um, it does, man. In terrestrial radio, there's a, there's a fixed rate that you guys have to pay publishers that goes, you know, how a song makes money two ways. There's money that goes to the people who wrote the song, and then half of the money goes to the person who paid to record the song. That's called the master, okay? So the actual recording gets paid and the people who wrote it gets paid. Well, in terrestrial radio, if you guys spin a song, there's a governmental legislation 
fixed rate of this is what we pay the master and this is what we pay the writers. The problem is in the streaming space, they have a fixed rate for the master, but they do not have a government controlled fixed rate for how much they pay the writers. And and isn't that rate going down? They are trying to make it go down yeah. and down and down. There, there was and, uh, that rumor a few weeks back or maybe at the beginning of the year where uh, I think Spotify specifically was trying to renege on their previously negotiated agreement and uh, go back and, and even try to claw back some of the money they'd previously paid. Yeah, and that kind of explains, you go, how come all these big labels would get into a deal with the streaming services if there's no money in it? Well, there is money if you own the recording. Because there's a fixed right. rate. Yeah. There is not money if you wrote it. And so that's kind of the what people are sort of up in arms about. And what I had to learn the hard way and go, oh, I have to actually own part of the recording of the song or I'm not going to get paid at all. Now, could you go back to the label and say, I'd like to own some of those rights, like a percentage or whatnot? Like you've heard the stories in the past about... Um, uh, people who've been fighting for the rights to their masters. I don't want to name drop Kanye. I mean, I don't want to name drop or anything like that, but there have yes. been people talking about that in the past. Could you not go back? And even though the contract said one thing, go back and say, hey, what if I gave you X amount of dollars? You know, could I own some of the rights? Right. Um, I would just bring up Taylor Swift. If it if it didn't work. Just, yeah, just re-record them all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she had to wait. There's this weird thing where after you're done with your contract you have to wait seven years before you can re-record any of those songs and so that's what she's done and now she's put out all the songs again that now she'll get paid for right so right. i could do that i could just wait seven years and then re-record all the 10th avenue north songs just re-record them in a in a new you know sounding uh contemporary format so it it sounds fresh and new yeah and and that's and to go back to the original question you know, I'm trying to make smart business decisions, but at the end of the day, I just, I love to feel the, the electricity of co-creating with God. So yes. there's just something about writing a new song that it just feels different than re-recording an old song. I mean, you can make an old song new again and there's that excitement, but it doesn't, it doesn't touch the excitement of this. I mean... I sit down, right? And I write a song and I'm weeping because I've suddenly discovered this song that is the thing I needed to hear. And then I record it and it's this new sound. And I go, this, this didn't exist this morning. You know, this, I looked at the blank page of creation, like God does with the world. And he says, let there be. And so there's this participation with God that when you write a new song that just feels like the creation story all over again. Yeah, I, I think that's a great way of looking at it. That's not to say, though, in seven years, you might go back and say, hey, let's bring back some of those old 10th Avenue North classics. And, you know, for sure. Well, we did do I don't know if you saw we did like a unplugged greatest hits record. Where yeah. we basically. Did yeah, that. It was so and good. And that was a negotiation, what you were talking about. I negotiated with the label and said, hey, if we pay f to make this, even though we're in this deal with you guys, will you split the master with us 50-50? Right. And we'll we'll pay for it. And they go, okay. So they're cool to do a new deal of stuff going forward. It's hard to get them to change what's already been released. Right. And you can't blame them. Obviously, they, they've invested yeah. – in 10th Avenue for a certain amount of time when you guys were initially starting out and when you're recording stuff. Oh, you know. no, listen, I, some people get real snarky when it comes to this and they're just mad and angry. Kanye, you know, oh, how Kanye, could the label Kanye, blah, blah, Kanye, Yeah, Kanye, you know. Kanye, sorry, I said uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> oh but uh, for, for me, I go, dude, I was in a van playing for 20 kids a night driving all around the country. And I mean, I remember the difference of this label helped put our, they've helped put our song on the radio and, you know, we showed up and the next, you know, people are showing up and coming out and I go, I wouldn't have the career that I do if it weren't for the label. So I'm just trying to learn as I go and go, what's the wisest thing I can do now. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So you know I mean? if you, 
Oh, I was, was going to say, so moving forward with the whole reinvention now of Mike Donahue uh, as a solo artist, what kind of work and, and what kind of changes uh, have you had to make? Because, you know, you had a lot of that stuff happen naturally over the evolution of 10th Avenue. But now as a solo artist, there's perhaps things that you didn't have to do before that you now have to do. Can you share some of that? Oh, with us? sure. Yeah. I mean, even just socials and making sure things are uploaded and making it all kind of falls on me now there, you know, there isn't, right. but it's so much easier making decisions. You guys, you know, when right. even think about the songs, I can write a song and I look around and I go, Hey, who likes it? Oh, me. I like it. Okay. Let's do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where, uh, with a band, you know, there's a whole lot of uh, conversation about all the creative output. And the best part for me, as I've just this last year, I've written about a hundred songs. And the best part has been, I feel like I don't have to worry about it being as successful. I know that sounds weird, mm. but it's kind of like, okay, for instance, I did, um, just for fun, I did some I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on your radio station, but I did some wine reviews on nice. on Instagram with my brother-in-law because you know what? I drink wine. And before when I was in a band, I wouldn't have ever even admitted that on social media because I know alcohol can be a really provocative topic for a lot of right. Christ followers. And how it could and potentially reflect on the band too, right? Exactly. I had to take the brand. Yeah. I, well, not even tarnish the the brand as much as I didn't want to do anything that could hurt their ability to make a living. You right. know what I'm saying? I felt responsible for these other guys. And now my wife is just like, be you, man. I want you to be you. I want you to be yourself. The, the, the point is I can, I can be a lot riskier when it's just me and um, right. I don't have to worry. Is this going to sabotage someone else's, thing i just i talked to my wife hey are you comfortable with me sharing this and she, yeah i love that so uh, i feel a lot more free um than i did i guess now there's a flip side to all of this because it's there is one thing about like having some sort of autonomy where you can kind of you know do what you what feels good for you in terms of how you want to express yourself but i'm sure there's some negative kickback in terms of now now it's all on you now where you might have been able to sort of share the load and the, the responsibilities of being an artist, now it's kind of like, you know, now now you're the only person wearing this crown. It's all on you. Are there any are there any spaces or places within the context of being an artist that you're kind of like, oh man, I, I gotta do this by myself now? Man, I think um I think if I were the guitar player of 10th Avenue North and now I'm a solo artist, I would feel that a lot more. But as the singer, for instance, I was the only member of 10th Avenue North who played every single show that 10th Avenue North ever did. Does right. that make sense? Other guys and were you their the sole songwriter as well? I, I wrote on all the songs. Um, gotcha. But we did a lot of co-writing. Uh, but uh, yeah, so my name is the only name that's on every single 10th Avenue North song, you know. Um, gotcha. So I kind of... It doesn't feel very different. I'll say that. And and all the needy greedy, that's why you have a management team. That's why you hire a label. You know, you, supposedly they're supposed to share. And I think also as I've gotten older, as I've gotten older, I'm a lot less precious with stuff. You know, mm -hmm. hey, we got this guy that's going to do a lyric video. Okay, let's do it. I mean, I want to see it when it's done, but it, 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 isn't, it, it isn't all just, oh, this is my baby. And what if someone doesn't get my vision? And you go, you know what? Everyone experiences songs differently, you know, like even as much as I have a reason that I wrote a song, I still can't ever control what someone gets out of a song, you know, yeah. and people are going to get something out of a song that I never intended. And that's, that's okay. It's art, you know, that's even better sometimes. Oh, I love that. No, it, it, it makes it feel a lot more mysterious, doesn't it? That there really is this divine spirit using things that you never even intended. And it's something you can use uh, if you are doing a live gig anyways, where, you know, you have your own 
um, thought process or reasons behind a song. And but you can also share, you know, what somebody shared with you two weeks ago about that same song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You go, you know, I thought this song was about this, but it could also be about this, you know. Right. And and you can share, like I say, share that story that somebody shared with you, because uh, maybe that will be meaningful and impact somebody that's, you know, there at that concert. Yeah. Case in point, I've released one song as Mike Donahue so far, and it's called Better. And it's it's really about my relationship with my wife and that relationships, especially like a marriage relationship, I think a lot of people have this deception that if it's good, then it's easy. <laughs> and what I've learned is that sometimes it's really hard, but that's actually what makes it better. If you can just embrace that relational work is hard work sometimes. Um, and, and when you both kind of latch onto that, then you can be assured that your relationship is going to get better even when it gets harder. And I had a friend, she called me and goes, Oh man, I just went through a divorce and this song is speaking to me so much. I go, really? She goes, yeah, because we're having to rediscover our relationship as a divorced couple co-parenting these kids. And so obviously that's not what I had in my mind when I wrote the song, but I go, Oh, that's beautiful because yes, it's the same idea. Just put in a different context. I'm curious about, you know, cause you're sort of finding a new voice for yourself musically. I'm curious about what that voice sounds like to you. Like what, what uh, kind of newness are you discovering in your music and what is exciting? I mean, new music, when you write new music, that's exciting just, you know, by itself. But you, you mentioned earlier how there's like, now you can sort of find your own voice in this and you're discovering your own voice and you're releasing your own voice. So I'm curious, what does that new voice sound like to you from your perspective? Yeah. Um, eclectic. I think that's the word I would use. Ah. Uh, I don't know if you ever listened to the Godier record, the first Godier yes. record. That maybe, maybe it was a second totally. one, but the one with the big hit on it. And yep. Uh, yep. I remember listening to that record going, this is just uh, chaotic because all the songs are so <laughs> different. They're sort of different yeah. genre song to song. And, and I remember just envying that so much because I have a really wide musical uh, taste palette and, mm-hmm. and, and every, every record I would bring, you know, 40, 50 songs to the table. And then it would always be the 10 songs that fit the CCM pop market were the 10 that, you know, obviously everyone would get excited about. So uh, like, for instance, I'm doing a record deal with fair trade. So, you know, fair trade, they do mercy me and Phil Wickham. And so I'm going to be doing like a full length record for the CCM market, but now I'm going to put out two EPs for like indie rock outlets uh, next month. So they're allowing me to make music for the non CCM space on my own. And then the stuff we do together will be for the CCM space. So that gives me the freedom. Like I'm putting out this EP called um, a father and two sons EP, uh, Mm -hmm. which I call it that because in the prodigal son story, Jesus doesn't say, let me tell you a story about a prodigal son. He says, let me tell you a story. There once was a father and two sons. Yeah, right. And so it, it always bothered me that people reduce the prodigal son story to the prodigal and the father. I go, there's a whole older brother element in this story that I think is yeah. just as important. And uh, so I, I did a 60s rock EP that has like all this sort of Beach Boys and uh, kind of, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it feels like, did you ever listen to the Raising Sands record with uh, Robert Plant and Alison Krauss? Yes, did you ever totally. listen to that record? It's kind of got that vibe going. And one song is from the father's perspective. One song is from the prodigal's perspective. And one song is from the older brother's perspective. And it's just three songs, but it'll just live as its own thing. And it's going to not sound like anything else you've ever heard me do. Uh, But I can do that now, you know, because it's just me. You know, back to your comment, back to your comment, Mike, about uh, how an album, uh, every, every song, sounding different and how you wouldn't necessarily do that for a CCM sound sounding record. You know, you want to appease your fans and whatnot to me personally, 
I like when every song sounds completely different on an album. To me, that's what attracts me to an album because I can have, you know, one or two favorites on that song. There might be one style that I don't like necessarily, but on on the whole, as far as a complete album is concerned, the more the different, the better. Does that make sense? Well, totally. And and it speaks to the fact you work in music. So you have a you have a, a more broad appeal where a lot of people they're just not big music listeners, right? So it just confuses them. They don't, they don't do the deep dive. Uh, but I, I'm with you, bro. I, I like it. Just, I like being curious about what the next song is going to sound like. Yeah. I think part of it is, is, uh, the fact that a lot of people just don't listen to a whole album. They'll just listen to one song on the album because it's being played on the radio or it's a big hit on Spotify or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so, yeah, my full-length record, man. I mean, we got some Bon Iver vibes. We got some Sufjan Stevens vibes. We got some Coldplay vibes. We got some, you know, just, it's going to it's gonna be. Did you ever see The Secret Life of Walter Mitty? Did you ever see that movie? Yes. I didn't yeah. see that. It's, so that soundtrack, it's got like Jose Gonzalez, and I, I'm naming people. I don't know if the people listening will have any idea who I'm talking about, but it kind of has this just sort of, joyful adventurous cinematic quality to it and that's that's what i'm gonna be shooting for with the uh full-length mike donahue record that comes out in the fall right and of course the flexibility you have as a as a solo artist now you can really do whatever you want to do yeah and honestly i just hope to put out a lot more music uh there's a lot of people who think less is more you know uh you know just release singles and and really curate who you are and uh, I've always loved just the approach of just just keep it coming. I loved that Taylor Swift put out two records during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I love that. Which, you know, which the thing is, I know as an artist, she probably recorded all those songs for the first record because you usually cut, you usually record a bunch of overdubs, yeah, overcuts, and so then she probably went, man, I have all these other songs we recorded. Let's just let's just put those out too, you know. That's the way to do yep. it. And, and you know, quite frankly, yep. you can put out song, you know, release a song every couple of weeks or every month or whatever you want to do and, you know, kind of see how the market takes the song and, oh, this one's getting a lot of plays. Let's release it as a single to radio, right? Because radio is not going to necessarily play every single song that you release over that period of, of time. Not. But certainly, of certainly the big hits, they will. And yeah, it's a great way to get the name out too. Yeah. Totally agree. Looking forward to that uh, new album. Looking forward to all the new music, actually. Uh, yeah, same. Exciting here. times for you, Mike. We're really happy for you. Man, thank you guys so much. And, uh, you know, I've probably made some mistakes. There's probably some things I've no. done that are really stupid. No, and, seriously. Uh, oh, no, no, absolutely. You got to... <laughs> Here's the deal, guys. You gotta you gotta get in touch with your shadow side, or or you're or, <laughs> it's or you're gonna just deceive yourself, right? It's true. And uh, I'm getting really in touch with realizing, oh man, I have a lot of mixed motivations because we all like to delude ourselves that all of our motivations and choices are pure and right. And 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 the thing is, um, the shadow I'm learning is both darkness and light. You need That's both right. darkness and light to create a shadow. Uh, and now I'm getting real philosophical, but the, the point is I'm getting a whole lot less defensive about myself and a lot more curious. And so when my wife goes, was that a pure motivation? What you just did? I can go, actually, I don't think so. And it doesn't defeat me. I go, Hmm, I hope I can make a better decision next time. You know? Yes. And wives are yes. great for that, aren't they? You you know the guys, right? Yeah. Who just try to like they try to pretend that they're holier than thou, that they they never have a dirty thought, that they never have, you know, uh, uh, an angry thought, that they're just oh yeah no oh I would never mm. and those are usually the guys who explode and do something real dumb because they've been yep. stuffing it and stuffing it and stuffing it, but the people who have a community where they can actually be honest about their temptations. Those are the ones who usually don't act on, they don't act out because they're, they're, they're letting people see their shadow. And That's so right. when you, when you expose your shadow, you, you rob it of its power, you disarm it That's in a right. way. 
Um, and so that's why I've always said, I love Psalm 62, where it says, pour your heart out before the Lord. The Lord is a refuge to those who take refuge in him, or he's a shelter to those who take refuge in him. And I say that, you know, those people who pray and it's all just super curated. Oh God, might we partake of this turkey today? You know, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you the show, those, the show. Those, I do. Yeah. yeah. And, and then there's those other people who go like, dang it, God, I'm so mad. Uh, the turkey didn't come out the way I wanted it to, but you know, you're good. And uh, I'm just wrestling with all these feelings, but please bless it because I'm just not in a good headspace. Amen. Guess what? The more honest you talk to God, the more patient you become with other people. And the more curated you are when you talk to God, the more judgmental and demanding you are of other people. Right. Because, because you're just, you're not, a, a, when you, when you're really, you just let God have it and he can take it by the way. And, and the way you talk to God is just open, wide open, vulnerable, angry, happy. You just give it all to him because he knows it all anyway. What I found is then you're a lot more patient with other people because you go, oh yeah, they're like me. I've got all that in here too. Anyway, that was, that was an aside. I don't know what that has to do with music, but that was an extra. That was a free extra. Love that. There we go. (laughs) That was great though. That was great though. So good. I love the analogy of the shadow. Like it's, it's so true. And, and you know, the simple, uh, the simple aspect of the fact that you can't have a shadow with the light, uh, unless you have light and darkness. And, and so this is why I have a lot of people go, how did this, how did this spiritual leader just have this, total, you know, the, you can't go a month without some big famous Christian celebrity. Ju- you just find out they did something really heinous. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I used to get really baffled by that. How could, but they were such a good teacher. They were such a great pastor. How could they do this? How could they do that? Well, I can tell you why is because once you start getting elevated, you stop being honest about your shadow yes. and it's still there. And so now you got to hide it and stuff it down. And now it's armed and dangerous lurking beneath the the surface. Yeah. But that's why John three says, Hey, we bring this stuff to the light. We expose it because that's what disarms our shadow. And so we really got to stop polishing these spiritual leaders and expecting them to be perfect all the time, because that's what actually creates this sinister underground that ends up coming out sideways. That's it, man. I like That's that. That's right. And I think part That's of it too right. is also um, letting these spiritual leaders be imperfect, accepting the fact that they're imperfect um, right from the start, not you know after a period of time, but right from the start. Um, and maybe part of that is just not elevating them as high as sometimes we do, you know? Well, that's mm-hmm. it. So, so think about this. Sorry, now we're just we're just going. But I was talking to a I guy, and he was going, "Oh, I can't." Bl-. He was talking about a specific megachurch pastor who had a fall recently. He's like, uh-huh. "I just yes. can't believe why he was walking around acting so famous." Blah blah blah. I go, "Well, yeah, that's definitely on him, but it's also on the congregation for wanting a famous pastor, yeah, and wanting to treat him that way." And right. and and I go, "Why is that?" Well, the reason the reason some people freak out when they meet me isn't because I'm worthy of being freaked out about. It's because we are made for the glory of God. And when we don't have a deep sense of it, then we settle for the next best substitute, which is fame. That's right. Right? That's why you get around a famous person and you just, you feel the energy in your bloodstream quicken. It's because you're made for the glory of God. And if you don't have that, then you're going to be amazed at fame. And so that's why we want famous pastors is because we want to feel that bigness, that grandness. And we delude ourselves thinking we can make our leader that person, which has just always been the temptation of even the Israelites, right? Is you just, you just don't, we don't want God. Give us a king. Give us Saul. We want a king. I think, I think that happens a little too much as far as uh, elevating somebody to that big position or to that fame um, in, in Christian leadership. I, I think, you know, if you look back in historically, there's, there's not a lot of famous Christian preachers, if you want to call it that, that haven't had something happen where you're just dumbfounded and shocked that this was something you didn't know about them. 
And, you know, with, <laughs> yes. with the exception of like a Billy Graham, I can't think of many others that haven't had something happen like that. We have this treasure in what? Jars of clay to show that the all surpassing power is not from us, but from God. Right. So, so God, he's kind of on purpose. He's going, look, I need you guys to see the cracks in the armor because the cracks is where the light gets through. Grace only sticks to the imperfections. That's it. Yeah, I like that. That's it. Yeah. So the more vulnerable we can be, the more we can be helpful in disarming that. Um, But I can tell you, I remember we have a song, we put out this EP as a band called The Things We've Been Afraid to Say, which are kind of all these things. And, And one of the songs is a song called Covenant, where I was basically riffing on a Madeline Engel poem, you know, Madeline English, she wrote yep, a, a wrinkle totally. in time. Mm-hmm. She has this awesome poem where she writes it to her husband and she says, uh, Hey, this is really awesome news. I just was really attracted to this other guy at this writing conference I was at, but I didn't act on it even though I wanted to. Uh, and isn't that awesome because it actually makes the promise we've made to each other stronger because I felt that and didn't chase it. And that's a really radical thought because we're kind of taught to go, no, 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 I'll never be attracted to another person, you know? And what we do is if we set that up, then when you do find yourself attracted to another person, you're going to go, oh, I guess, I guess I got to follow my heart instead of, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's like yeah. mind blowing yeah, yeah, yeah. as opposed to going, of course, you're going to feel things for other people. Like other people are amazing, you know? And so of (laughs) course you're going to feel attracted, but that doesn't justify following that attraction. Exactly. And, and I remember I was setting that up. I was, we were opening up for mercy me, right? We're playing in an arena and my sound guy told me this story that I was setting up this song. It was called covenant. And I'm going, so, you know, I've been married for 12 years. And this lady by the sandbar goes, Oh yeah. And man, I got four daughters. She's like, Oh man, that crazy. Yeah. And having four daughters is crazy, you know? Uh, but God gives girls to a family that already has a man, you know? Hey, Oh, she goes, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But you know what the crazy thing about marriage is? Yeah. Tell them, tell them. It's that you can still be attracted to other people. And she goes, Oh no. <laughs> She's like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then she goes, Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. And when I would no. say that in the arena, you could feel the whole balloon pop. Like <laughs> everyone went, what did he just say? And I go, yeah, you get to feel things for other people. And then you get to honor your covenant. And the more you feel these sparks and you keep choosing your spouse, the stronger and more like impenetrable that covenant becomes. But you, in order, it's like in order to become patient, you have to suffer. And in order to have like a, a beautiful covenant, you have to be allowed to feel attracted to other people or else what, who cares? If I'm like, I've never been attracted to anyone else except my wife, then the promise isn't really a big deal. You're like, well, of course you've stayed married. Like if, if marriage was easy, we wouldn't, if marriage was super easy and you never felt anything for anyone else, then we, we wouldn't stand up and applaud those couples, you know, when they've been married for 50 years. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's that kind of, it's that kind of thing. Like let's, let's actually be humans. You know, that's what the book of Ecclesiastes is in the Bible for to go, Hey, this is, this, this Bible is written by real humans who feel all the things. I like this. I yeah, thanks this so much. Yeah. It's, there is a, it, it's difficult, especially on radio. Cause you, you, you're only grabbing people for minutes at a time sometimes. So it's hard to unpack nuanced ideas because they just right. hear part of it. And they're like, wait, what did he say? He said that he likes being attracted to other women. I hate that guy. (laughs) It's that it's the whole soundbite mentality, right? Yeah. Yes. And so, and you just got to realize you can't reduce Jesus to a soundbite because if you did, you can choose whatever soundbite you want, and you could make him say, "Eat my flesh, drink my blood," or you can have no part from me. And you're like, "Oh, that's all that Jesus is about." Jesus is hardcore. I don't like this guy. You know, you got to you got to take in the whole picture. Anyhow. So good. Oh well, guys, gosh, thanks. Thank yeah, you. thanks for having me. It's been so fun. It has been. Thanks a lot, Mike. Hey, yeah, thanks. You guys are lovely. <laughs> well, look, look where that took us. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love I love that. That was so good. And I didn't realize we're gonna go that deep into, you know, talking about like, you know, character and and being honest with yourself and your shadow side, which is yeah. it's so true. You know, like uh, that vulnerability and accountability is so important, especially if you are in the Christian music or media world. But just it's important, period, whether you, you know, no matter what. And I think it was so cool that we dived into that. That's not really talked about a whole lot. And yeah. it's super important and should be talked about more. So if you want to learn about what it takes to go solo after being in a group, listen to the first half of this podcast. <laughs> and if you want the good, juicy stuff, exploring be a better human being, ex- yeah, maybe. exploring the shadow, <laughs> yeah. talking about covenant relationships, then listen to the second half. Or if you're That's smart, right. you'll listen to everything and then everything exactly. will make more sense for you. <laughs> Mike Donahue on Between the Grooves. You can find all the info on good old Mike at MikeDonahue.com. Social media, links, news, buy all that stuff is right there. And don't forget, he has new music coming out very soon. So stay tuned for that. You know, to tie in with our conversation with Mike today, some great artist advice from Sammy Ward, one of our guests from last year. Regardless if your songs go number one, if your songs never hear the radio, or you're trying to fulfill commitments, whatever it is, do it all for the glory of God, you know, in your walk, in your faith. And please, please be the same on stage as you are off the stage. Stay committed to your local church to serve where you're at, not just nationally, because you can have a national platform and be amazing and then come home and not do anything in your, you know, local places. There's something a little bit wrong, a little twisted about that. You know, so we go back to scripture on that, but um, anyway, yeah, man, I would, I would certainly encourage a lot of those things and to uh, to follow him daily, pick up your cross and to love others, not just through your songs, but through your life. That was extremely on point. Like, be true to yourself, you know, be the same person on stage as off stage. I think there's something so key about just being honest and just being real and authentic. Um, I mean, sure, you can have like a, a persona if you want to. But even then, like, know that it's persona and take off that hat when you're like, I think you need to. There's there's an importance about sort of being yourself as often as you possibly can be. And it comes through in your art. And the the accountability aspect, too, with with others who speak into your life. This this, uh, ties in so nicely with the conversation that we had with Mike. Uh, because uh, he's basically talking about character and and everything else, right. you know. And so this is this is great, you know, being honest, be yourself, and uh, you know the the people that surround you, your circle of friends, your circle of peers, your circle of fellow musicians and artists and whatnot. Um, you know, listen to what they have to say, uh, because they probably know what they're talking about. That's right. That's right. Sammy Ward, artist advice this week on Between the Grooves. And that is it for this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast for new episodes every Monday. Don't forget to leave us a rating and perhaps even a review. That helps us reach more people all the time. And you can find us on Twitter and or Facebook, whichever you prefer, at Between Grooves. Hit us up there and let's start up a conversation. Let us know about what you think about the show. Who should we have on the show? Let's connect. I guess we'll see you next time. We hope to see you next time. We will see you next time. Oh, yes, we will. We will right here (laughs) on Between the Grooves. 